following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Bingo, bango, whammo, flammo. I like that that's quickly becoming a catchphrase of yours. This banana sandwich wasn't really catching on. Nope, nobody liked <laughs> banana sandwich. Damn, that's scary. Holy shit, it has been a minute. It's been a while. Yeah, probably, uh, I don't know, like a month. And yeah, we took all of September off. Something like that, yeah. We took a little bit of what the professionals call a sabbatical. Yeah, uh, so long, September. Yeah, well, <laughs> that didn't really work out. No, but, no, it uh, didn't. I trust that you ate as much soup as I did. In the That's all I weeks. ate all of September was just soup, because it was supposed to be soup-tember full perfect. of soup horror, perfect, perfect. and it never happened. Yeah, it turns out there's not a whole lot of news involving soup, so fuck it. Hey, we're back. However, yeah. there was a whole lot of fucking news that went on since I last saw your pretty face. So uh, how about you give me a little bit of a recap on that? Well, Greg, let me tell you what. The queen died. Oh, okay. More importantly, Coolio died. That's so much more upsetting to me. And I feel like we may have had a little bit of a hand in that. Uh, yeah, you definitely killed Coolio. Ooh. And maybe shouldn't have quoted him so heavily the last couple of episodes. So far, we have killed Meatloaf, Gilbert, now Coolio. Fuck! Yeah, it's, uh, they call that the DTS curse. Oh, I thought that was chlamydia. So, uh, how about you tell me what Lizzo's doing real quick so we can keep this ball rolling? Ah, she played the flute! Good. Rob Zombie made a fucking Monsters movie! Which was practically perfect in every way. Greatest movie of our generation. Greatest director of our generation. Twitter wants to cancel Katy Perry because of the song Dark Horse because it involves lyrics of Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm not really pro-cancel culture, but uh, honestly, I agree with that. I just, nobody knew who Jeffrey Dahmer was. Well, most of us who were alive in the 90s had a a bit of an inkling. Yeah, okay. Uh, Wolverine's back. Huey Jackson? Yeah, and the news. CM Punk turned out to be a huge dick, and he got suspended from AEW. Fuck yeah. But we've known that for years. Yeah, I've heard. And Hayes drove her car straight to hell. You mean America's sweetheart, the beautiful, pristine, and most importantly, sober Anne Hayes? That's the one. Well, that's just fucking awful. Hurricane Ian killed all of Florida. All of it? The whole state! The whole state! The whole state! California is in flames! The whole state? The whole state, the Greg! The whole state! The entire state! Fuck. Russia's gonna kill us all. All of us? Literally all of us. Uh, but more importantly... Hey! Hey! We're back, baby! And we are... Damn, that's scary! And we are fucking great at syncing this shit up. I don't know if you heard, but we had a month to practice. Because it ain't no lie, baby. Bye, bye, bye. That's how in sync we are. My name is Micah. I am coming out of... 
Reno, Nevada. And over there in Buffalo, New York, is the handsome-faced Wario himself, Greg. Greg, say hi to everybody. Making you feel the rhythm is my occupation. So feel the vibration. Marky Mark, you've just been put on notice. You better be praying to God that you don't die. Come on, come on. Well, I just pray that if I'm ever on an airplane, Marky Mark is sitting by my side. People are usually taken that I'm a, I'm a tad bit humble. You know, I just especially like watching the young kids. You know, I like young kids. You know, I like ass. Uh, yeah, Greg. So uh, earlier, I uh, going through the news here. I, I wanted to bring this up. You know, like when there's an old couple. I uh, say like my my grandparents, my grandmother died. And shortly after that, my grandfather perished, okay. uh, possibly due to a broken heart. I feel like that's Very exactly sorry what to hear this. Thank you. It's 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 been over 20 years. I'm not Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I am Batman. I feel like that's what happened to the queen and Coolio. Well, of course. I mean, I think uh, his demise is indicative of a an intimate love affair between the two of them. We all know that they've been star-crossed lovers for years. And I think we've uh, always suspected that... Uh, if Coolio was going to go anyway, it was going to be from a broken heart. That That's what happened. It was, it was cardiac arrest, and it was because Seriously. of the queen. Back in the 90s, we called him Coolio because of his haircut. Yeah. But now, we call him Coolio because of his body temperature. That's right, and uh, rigor mortis apparently definitely sets in in hell because you know Coolio was at the gates of heaven and he found out that Queen Elizabeth was in hell and he just said, sayonara, Robocop, shot straight to hell, found his bottom bitch, the queen, and the queen was all like, oh, is that you, Coolio? Oh, come here and part my royal curtains again. If only he'd spent most of his life taking blood thinners instead of living in an... (laughs) In a gangster parody. Not enough baby aspirin. <laughs> it's a damn shame, too, because you know Sean Connery was down there spitting game on her, too. Like, ah, oh, come here, Quinny. Come here, come here. I'll give you a nice slap on that royal yours. And she's all like, oh, no, Sean Connery. I'm waiting for my sexual chocolate to come down here. Well, I think um, just based on the pattern, if you really look at who's been knighted, in the last 50 or so years, Queen was kind of just passing those accolades out like they were fucking candy, right? Oh, got, they all ate her pussy. You got, uh, like you said, Sean Connery, what fucking Elton John. Uh, but you know, Elton Sarah. John had to like put a fucking like fish clip on his nose. Well, he probably put in more work than anyone, honestly. He should be like double knighted. Is that a thing? Oh, triple knighted, if anything. Yeah, quad knighted. Yeah, I don't know what the five is, so I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, and then you got your uh, your Sir Anthony Hopkins. Oh, he boofed her. Oh, absolutely. Goddamn right. Yeah, he was all like, tossing up your nipples, didn't it? And he killed the bear's head. What one man can do, another can do. Yeah. He yeah. killed the bear. Say, I'm going to kill the bear. I'm going to kill the bear. I'm going to kill the motherfucker. And who else? Um... Uh, Paul McCartney. Sir Paul McCartney. Yeah, yep, yep. You know Paul McCartney was laying down in bed and the queen got up on the dresser, came down with a Yukazuna splash right on his face and Paul McCartney was going, oh, help, I need someone, help. He truly was the Eggman that day. What the fuck? Read into that what you will. Oh, he got all up in the queen's strawberry fields. Forever! You might call that a little bit of a 
hard days and nights. So, Greg, uh, do you uh, do you watch anything new this month? It has been a month, hasn't it? Yeah, it's uh, been a month. You know, thinking back, normally, I would say no. I would uh, stonewally on this one, just to be a dick. I know the the fans expect it. They yeah. want to they want to hear my usual response to that question, but this time, it's a yes. <gasps> oh, what did you watch? I watched the same fucking thing that everyone is watching right now. It's that Dahmer series. Oh, that Dahmer guy. Yeah, starring Simon Pegg and yep. uh, the woman from Reno 911. Yeah, she, she was amazing. She's fantastic. She was amazing. Evan Peters was amazing. There's a reason why people are raving about this series. It was billed as, like you know, the most accurate account of these events. And I, to be totally honest, I don't totally agree with that. Like they, why they didn't get everything totally right, but they were pretty fucking close. Was there not enough man on man action for you? Could there ever really be? I mean, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Hold on to your butts. I don't want to spoil anything because I know you haven't seen uh, the second half of it yet. I'm four episodes deep. Yeah. I think some people probably know what I what I'm talking about when I say the very last episode. I think a little bit of an issue with his demise might have been dramatized a little. Too yeah, much. Arya Stark killed him, right? All of that build up just for the White Walkers to do literally nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they get to Winterfell and just all of a sudden it's over for them, and then we just have to deal with the politics of the rest of the Wisconsin prison system. Uh, the real problem was they ran out of book material. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, Jeffrey ran out of lifespan. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, for for those of you that are uh, a men of a certain age like Greg and I, you were around when you got the news that Dahmer had his skull crushed. Yes. Smash, smash, <laughs> smash. <laughs> Yeah, what I mean, what I've seen so far in the Dahmer series is great. The pacing is incredible. The acting is phenomenal. Oh, God damn, it is just so fucking good. I mean, in the, in the first episode, we have Dahmer watching Exorcist Three, which you know, with one of his victims. Controversial opinion: best Exorcist movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, the ending of the Exorcist Three is kind of weird, but still, it is. It's so fucking good. But also, for the love of God, uh, not to get too off topic here. For the people that keep sharing, like, oh, this is the scariest moment in horror, oh, and stop. it's this scene in Exorcist 3, stop fucking showing that, because people that have never seen that fucking movie, they see that scene on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, they know it's coming. They know it's going to happen. Like, go fuck yourself. I mean, spoilers are a thing. And, and it's surprising. Not a lot of people have seen The Exorcist 3. But and I also, feel like... Uh, they, they... Jeffrey Dahmer dies at the end of the Dahmer series. Which, oh shit, did I just say that? Oh, Fuck! God, because Stone Phillips killed him after that interview. Alright, rewind. <laughs> so the series ends, and we don't know what happens to little Jeff. Where could he be now? Okay, never mind. <laughs> what, did, did it end like the Sopranos series finale, where it just turned black? Right, no, it, it ended like Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh terribly yeah jeffrey dahmer melted the fucking chair his father used to sit in and then just <laughs> flew off into the fucking sunset 
while everyone else was just left to to govern the small town in Wisconsin where they all grew up. Yeah, there's still a dragon out there <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> dragon named Jeff. What about the dwarf? The dwarf's cock has magic powers. Eat it. Wait! 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 You you can't just hand a dried cock to a merchant and expect him to. <laughs> Eat the cork sandwich. I made it for you. Wait. I want to see you try it. See if you like it. Get out of my house. Uh, you watch anything else, Greg? Nope. Oh. I did watch a couple of trailers, though. Let's talk about them. Okay, real quick. Let me check. My what are you going to start with? It's a little something I like to call the Captain of Curiosities. My one Benicio Del Toro. Yep. Benny D's back in the, his house. Or to put it another way, it is the, the Cabinet, Cabinet of, of Curiosity, Curiosity by Guillermo. Guillermo. Del Toro. And this is basically Hellraiser plus the Haunting of Hill House with a bit of Clive Barker's Undying just mixed into the old cocktail. Yeah, a lot of creep show action going on here, too. It looks like it's going to be an anthology-type gimmick uh, where uh, uh, Benicio Del Toro takes the role of Alfred Hitchcock in Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Love it. Uh, we have ourselves eight chilling stories over four nights on Netflix starting on October 25th. And uh, uh, we have a story called The Autopsy, Dreams in the Witch House, Graveyard Rats, Lot 36, okay. The Murmuring, Beautiful. The Outside, yeah. Pickman's Model, My The favorite. Viewing. Yeah. And uh, I tell you what, baby cakes, The Viewing has Naked Lunches and RoboCop, very own Peter Weller up in that bitch, and Eric Andre. So I think that is going to be the best one out of all of this. This is going to be perfect. And just like Tom Jones when I met him in that bathroom in the Piggly Wiggly, this just cannot come soon enough. And next up, from the guy that did the Suspiria remake, we have a little film called Bones and All. Bones and, and what? And all. Oh. As in everything. All right. Yeah. <laughs> all the bones. Bones plus the rest of you. Yeah, that's like organ, skin. Skin's an organ. Just all the stuff. Yeah, just uh, all. All. All right. But this is a pornographic film starring Machine Gun Kelly and a small Vietnamese boy. Rated PG-13 for general audiences. Yeah, this is done by Luca Luca Gugino, the guy that did the Suspiria remake. Uh, Bones and All is a story of first love between Marin, a young woman learning how to survive on the margins of society, and Lee, an mm. intense disenfranchised drifter uh a liberating road odyssey of two young people coming into their own searching for identity and chasing beauty in the perilous world that cannot abide who they are sounds identifiable uh it sounds fucking terrible actually yep. uh now I... the reason why we're bringing this up is that there's a big fucking fuss over this really uh it's a yeah it's a huge deal it's like already up for like a bunch of fucking those those sniff your own fart independent movie awards it's really fucking artsy fartsy well i could tell that from the trailer 
yeah, it's coming out November 23rd in theaters. This is a movie that I will avoid at all costs. I'm going to put this on at Thanksgiving dinner at my parents' house and see who wants to kick me out of the fucking party. Yay! Because this looks bad. Yay. Well, I'm certainly not going to see this. How about you? I probably will just to report on it, but... You lie through your teeth. I lie like a rug. Our next movie is called (laughs) Midnight Midnight Club. Club. Now you say movie... I like to say Netflix series. That is exactly what I meant when I said movie. That's right. This trailer continues the trend of using 90s songs slowed down, and I believe this one is our, I think, DTS favorite. I'm going to put it out there. Yeah, big favorite, baby. I mean, I'm more of a president of the United States of America guy, but I still love him. Well, this is the Toadies. In the the Toadies! Is Possum Kingdom. Do you want to do? Which I have to say is just a little bit inappropriate considering the subject matter. Oh, that they're all fucking cancer patients? Yeah, this is a meta story about the grim hallucinations experienced during chemotherapy treatments. And if that's too heavy for you, here's some funny sound effects. <laughs> That's right. This may be some heavy stuff, but it also looks fucking amazing. Uh, Mike Flanagan is back, baby. We got ourselves Heather Langenkamp returning to the horror genre. If you don't know who she is, she plays Nancy Kerrigan from uh, the Nightmare on Blum Street series. Fully recovered Uh, and back to acting. That's right. She uh, is fully recovered from that terrible stint that she did in that Hellraiser Judgment movie. Or she played a who gives a fuck. And for some reason, they give her a gold medal for that. I don't really understand, but... Uh, I do. The politics of uh, filmography elude me. The politics of dancing. Just terrible. The Midnight Club will be out October 7th Good. on Netflix. You know what I'm going to be watching October 7th? Psycho Gorman. Well, it's probably going to be Hellraiser. It's probably going to be Terrifier 2. And it's definitely not going to be Midnight Club. I'm going to watch Midnight Club. Okay, maybe I can incorporate Midnight Club into my evening. But what I'm getting at is a lot of things coming out 10-7-2022, and a lot of them look really fucking good. And a lot of them look a lot better, more better than the Midnight Club. Oh, perfect. Uh-huh. And if All that right. was confusing for you, here's some wacky sound effects. <laughs> So that's all our trailers. Yay! Well, hey, Greg, how about we get into a little bit of the news? Okay. Uh, I feel the need to bring this up, even though that by the time this episode comes out, the news would have already have dropped. Well, uh, right now it is October 3rd, and Todd, 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 Todd McFarlane promises huge Spawn movie news tomorrow, which is October 3rd. You think he's going to continue his relationship with John Leguizamo for this one? Nope. Because every fucking actor involved in Spawn has turned their back 
on Todd McFarlane. Even the ones that said they would do this fucking Spawn reboot have just been like, hey, you know what? This sucks. We're out of here. And that includes Jeremy Renner and Jamie Foxx. I've heard he's a little bit of a perfectionist. I heard he's a fucking preacher. But yeah, so Todd McFarlane has been talking about a Spawn movie for, I want to say, the last 20 fucking years. Yeah, pretty much since the last Spawn movie, I would think. Okay, so 26 years. Yeah, okay. But yeah, John Leguizamo, definitely not going to be in it, whatever. Uh, Quick question. Yes. Basing this on a little bit of my own personal history, so I don't know if that clouds my judgment here, but... uh... Do you think the Violator is going to be played by Tom Jones? Pussycat, pussycat, I love you. Yes, I do. Fuck no. Okay. Okay, so during a screening of Trick or Treat at the Beyond Fest, okay. the director, Michael Doherty, finally fucking came out and gave us a real fucking awesome update that... Trick or Treat 2 mm. is in very active, aggressive development, Uh-oh. but oh. it hasn't been greenlit yet. Well, that's controversial. Now, here's the thing, man. I I take this all with a grain of salt. I I want to say like 10, it's been 15 years since we've seen Trick, when, since Trick or Treat came out. Mm-hmm. I want to say 10 years ago, there were talks of a trick-or-treat sequel. Yep. And then I want to say maybe like eight years ago, there was a film festival where they had this teaser up where there was uh, the trick-or-treat logo and then really slow in blood. It was the number two writing out and the crowd like went fucking wild. And then even like seven years ago, there was even more news about a trick-or-treat too. I, I'm five. I'm, Last year, 69 years ago, who fucking knows, man? Uh, (laughs) 69! Yeah. I I mean, it's it's exciting. I definitely want more Sam. I want more of the. I I want more trick or treat. The movie is fucking perfect, Greg. It is a phenomenon. And I don't think there's a fan out there who is not anticipating the sequel. So, what's with this green light, yes or no kind of bullshit? Who would say no to that? I don't know, man. Brother's been off doing fucking Godzilla movies. And when I say brother, I don't mean like an actual brother. He's been doing big Hollywood shit. He ain't got time for no horror movies anymore. But I mean it like the way black people use it. I mean, the thing is, like, Trick or Treat is what brought him to the dance, right? So maybe it's what should take him home in the limo for sex. Bingo, bango, whammo, flammo. I like that that's quickly becoming a catchphrase of yours. This banana sandwich wasn't really catching on. Nope, nobody liked (laughs) banana sandwich. Oh man, Gregory, what a fucking time to be alive because I never thought I would say this sentence ever. I was going to say, you say that often and loudly and uh, honestly, I'm a little tired of it. Well, this one's going to blow your dick off. Shit. Because Curtis, 50 Cent Jackson... Michael's youngest son, Curtis Jackson, continue. Teaming up with horror icon Eli Roth. Oh. So they're going to be all up in the club with three, count them, three fucking horror flicks. Nice. Yeah, we got The The Gun. gun. We got Trackmaster. And we got Creature House. 
they are fucking uh, dishing this shit out, and they are going to present us these three horror films. Okay, is Curtis both producing and starring, or is he taking a little step back? Both of them. Both of them. Say that again. Both of them. Both of them. Both of them. Both. Both. Of them. Both of them. I did not see this coming at all. Eli Roth and 50 Cent. Can't wait to see it. Uh, There's no release date yet for these films, but uh, there's no... uh, Is it going to be straight to DVD? Is it just going to be streaming somewhere? Well... Is it going to be in the theaters? If they're anything like the quality level that we've come to expect from his video game by the title of Bulletproof, I think we're all going to be impressed. Actually, like bulletproof. Hey, yo, what's up? Yo, it's the kid 50 Cent. My new video game, Bulletproof, will be out in November. This game is going to be the biggest video game to come out in November. I say two or three years because that's be how long it probably takes for November. In the video game, Bulletproof 50 Cent is Bulletproof. It's actually Bulletproof in real life, too. It's going to be exciting. It's November. November. Oh, man. Oh, man. I tell you what, Greg. Robert Eggers is still moving forward with his retelling of the story Nosferatu. Fuck yeah. uh, your favorite actor and the new crow, Bill Skarsgård, is going to be joining Lily Rose Depp and uh, fucking uh... Amber Heard. No, William Defoe, <laughs> Lily Rose Depp, and Willem Defoe in the Nosferatu remake. Uh, speaking of Bill Skarsgård, and I mentioned he is the new crow. The yep. new Crow movie is completely done filming and is now in post-production. Holy shit, I cannot wait to not see that movie. Yeah, I'm going to see it. Do you think that this Nosferatu remake is yep. going to reference the brilliance that is Rob Zombie's The Monsters? I sure hope it does because I already watched that movie twice. I've watched it three times. I watched it four times, Greg. I watched it five, six, seven, eight, sixty-nine fucking... T- okay, play the clip. Sixty-nine, But did you watch it in the tub? What kind of question is that? You watched it in the tub. I'm in the tub right now. Ah! All right, so what is the, the general feeling that we have for the Monsters movie? Well, it is a cinematic masterpiece. The acting is impeccable. The budget was pristine direction i mean just fantastic beautiful these are the type of shots you don't get from anybody who is ignorant of the history of cinema this is rob zombie my man this is a man who is a scholar of horror filmography oh, give me that give me that now it's, it, well, okay maybe he's not maybe he's not as artful as i'm making him out to be but this was a monsters movie and i think it captures the essence of the show at the very least oh it totally did man and i know he wasn't allowed to shoot in black and white because the studio said absolutely not yeah i was so, a little, uh, i was wondering the whole time like why isn't this in black and white but my god the colors the lighting the sets the colors children i ate a bunch of mushrooms and watched it so i had a great fucking time <laughs> yep 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 this might be rob zombie's best film to date it is his most perfect film honestly i can't find a flaw I know that trailer made it look a little rough around the edges, but I gotta say, impeccable. Literally impeccable. And I don't use that word lightly. Wow! I laughed a lot watching this movie. Grandpa was amazing. I laughed. Uh, I loved. I learned. 
I learned a little bit about myself. The cat that was playing as Herman Munster was great. Uh, we got Elvira as a fucking realtor. Truly uh, a commentary on everyday American life as a monster. And I thought the rape scene in the movie was very tasteful. There's a cut scene where Herman and Eddie are just really getting it on. Anybody that hates the Monsters movie clearly is not a fan of the series. Or I believe that you noted in the past that people seem to confuse the Monsters with Adam's family. You really saw a divide in the goth adult fandom because anyone who's ever seen the actual original Monsters show knows that this is just stupid, brainless bullshit. And that's what's yeah. fun about it. Oh, absolutely. Um, Adam's family, totally different direction. It was dark. Very smart. It was dark humor. It was black humor in a lot of ways. Uh, Monsters is slapstick. Monsters is just turn your mind off, watch a man dressed as Frankenstein, yell things and fall over himself. They got a little kid who sometimes gets molested. That's funny. <laughs> Also, I have to say, uh, Richard Brake, amazing in it. Him and Grandpa were the ones that really chewed the scenery. I don't remember what his name was in the film, but he was like the stand-in, like, Dr. Frankenstein type. Yeah, Frankenstein. Who kind of created Herman. Kind of, he created Herman. I don't know enough about the history of the show. Like, I haven't seen every episode at all. Like, not I've seen any. enough. I don't know the whole storyline. But yeah, Richard Brake, he's, he's sort of a, a Rob Zombie regular at this point. I mean, the only thing the movie was lacking was Bill Mosley. And tits. Yeah, and the use of the word fuck. Fuck! Somewhere in an alternate universe, Sid Hag was grandpa. Absolutely. And yeah. I think um, in memorandum. In memoriam. Ass. Of Sid Hag. Let's give a quick moment of silence. Yeah! Give me that! Give me that! I think right. uh, as far as like a COVID project is a, you know, an interim between films, everything's shut down. Let's make a fucking movie and it doesn't have to be great. Fuck yeah, Rob Zombie. Do more oh, of this fuck shit. fuck yeah. No, Real- he brought like, it. Realistically, do more of this shit, man. Yeah. I'm down for it. I love it. Don't take yourself so seriously. Make some goofy ass monster shit. Do a sequel to this movie. Uh, he should totally you know? do a sequel to this movie. Fuck yeah. Anyone who disagrees is a fucking real. No, 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 no! Only thing that would have made it better is if Daniel Day-Lewis played Herman. Well, okay, Greg, before we get into our new theme and our movie of the week, I think it's time for us to apologize. Fred, so, uh, as per tradition, I will go first. I, uh, Matt? Perfect. Thank you, man. Uh, Linnea Quigley. Oh. I would very much like to apologize to you. See, our last episode, I mentioned that you dumped your tittery out in Friday the 13th, part four. Mm-hmm. You see, Greg and I, we drink heavily. Yeah. What I meant to say was. Bit of a problem, really. Call it a problem. I call it a solution for you. Yeah, your alcoholism is destroying your family. Mine, it's just bringing us together. Linnea, I know you weren't in Friday the 13th Part 4, but you definitely dumped your tittery out in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4. And thank you for that. 
Yeah, thank you so much for that. Thank you. Linnea, I don't think you understand what you've done for me in my life, and you've molded and shaped me into the man I am today. And for that, I thank you, and I apologize for my fuckery last episode. Uh, and also, uh, I have to uh, apologize to our dear friends over at the Slashers podcast for calling them out on their blatant racism and use of the N-word. We should not have uh, so specifically enunciated their prejudice the way that we did. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jake, Doug, Tommy, Doug, Ted, now all Cliff, the rest of them. Doug, Steven. Uh, uh, Stanley, Roger, Doug, I think they got a Jason now too. I just want to say that I'm deeply and terribly sorry for this. Yep. Uh, I know you guys were like, hey, Hitler had a, had a few good points and all, but you're definitely not racist. Not sure why you said that, but you did. Probably. Yep. Well, I guess I'm up. My apology this week is to one Michael Cosmo Kramer Richards. Anyone who listened to our last episode probably saw this one coming because, ooh, yeah. I apologize for using you as the face and voice of our hilariously inappropriate AI last episode. It was immature of us to bring up such a dark chapter in your not-so-distant past. Throughout the 90s, you brought us whimsical slapstick and sometimes racist humor. And for that... Wait a minute. (laughs) Why am I apologizing to Kramer right now? Not only did he go on an admittedly humorous but undoubtedly inappropriate racial tirade, he allegedly tried to steal our jobs as recently as last fucking month. Ah! Fuck you, Cosmo. Fuck you. That was real uncalled for. You never had no shows. Never had no movies. Seinfeld, that's it. Oh, I guess you got me there. So we'll see you in hell. Thank you. I mean, sorry. The end. Yeah, we'll see you in hell along with the Queen and Coolio. Too soon, man. Too soon. Cosmo. We'll see you in Gangster's Paradise. All right, you see? Hello, Kay Greg. It is October, and of course, October has our favorite holiday. Possibly the greatest holiday ever, and that is... The big uh, one. Halloween. Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say Halloween, right. That's right, and when you think of Halloween, what do you think of, Greg? Well, you got your witches, you got uh-huh. your mummies, you yeah. got your Frankensteins, Wolfmen, mm-hmm. zombies, Draculas... Uh, ghouls of all yep. shapes and sizes, any manner of fucking husk, and uh, probably one other thing that I'm not sure if I should uh, mention it. Maybe you'd like to take the honors? Yeah, I would very much like to take the honors because everything you said is absolutely obso-fucking-lete. Oh? When you think of Halloween, what comes to mind is... Bears! It's October, and we're not fucking letting up here at DTS. 
Nothing is more terrifying than a bear, especially for manly outdoorsmen like myself and Gregory Hines over there. If you've ever spent a night in the woods, you know that your greatest fear is bear encroachment upon your campsite. I can't even bear to think about being attacked by one of those things. I'm nervous about laying my bare ass out in the wilderness if I were to have to take a little, what would you call it? Poop break. I find that to be absolutely unbearable. Bear, 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 bears. Why are there always bears? The brochure said there would only be a few bears. <laughs> it turns out this month of October, it's all bears all the time. It's October. <laughs> Octo-bear. Bear. Bear. And over here at Damn That Scary, we have the right to bear arms. And we are going to start off Octo-bear with 1979's classic prophecy. prophecy. And I'm not talking about taking a watch and shoving it up your ass. Oh. Christopher Walken's prophecy. No, this, no, no. This is not the one where Christopher Walken whips the shit out of Jim Caviezel for six hours while we all cry tears of joy. This is not the one where Christopher Walken walks into a bar and sees our man Vigo Mortensen talking about laying you out and filling your mouth full of your mother's feces. No, this is more like if Stephen King wrote and or directed Fire Down Below. Is it Fire Down Below or On Deadly Ground? I couldn't figure out which Steven Seagal movie we were going with here. Either way, it's a Steven Seagal classic with Stephen King at the helm. Just kind of get him frustrated and then fake low and come high and do that quick kick that I've been teaching you. That's right. Uh, King Seagal, just, just big dick energy over here. Fake low and come high. Come, come, come. 1979. PG, mind you. Which is, uh, you know, a little out of line, if you ask me. Well, I mean, the rape scene was very tasteful. You can tell they put a lot of care into it. Care. Bear. That's right, we are covering prophecy. A government health inspector is dispatched to assess the damage a logging company is causing to a patch of forest claimed by Native Americans and comes face to face with terror wrecking havoc in the woods sounds great to me john frankenheimer you've done it again john frankenheimer jingleheimer smith his name is my name too what are you my dad is the director of prophecy this man also went on to direct the island of dr monroe dr monroe the 1996 remake did you say monroe monroe Dr. Monroe? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he also directed the Manchurian Candidate back in 64, and he did uh, Reindeer Games, which we all know and love, Ronin, and a bunch of other movies that we just don't give a shit about, but he also directed a very good episode of Tales from the Crypt in 92. Oh, Ronin is fucking fantastic. It is actually a really good movie. It's Terry Steven Seagal and Jim Caviezel. Ah! So before we get too off track here with our uh, our bear puns, uh, Greg, why don't you uh, give us our favorite part of the show? Okay, fuckface. Our first one is Maggie. 
and she is a pregnant cellist. She's a housewife. She is a monster incubator and a future fetus interrupter. Yeah, that's right. This is uh, Taylor Shire, who I consider to be one of the worst actresses in history, who somehow ended up in The Godfather 2. Oh, and played. Rocky? Yeah, she was Adrian. Yeah. I just think she's, oh, God, I think she sucks. She's so good at acting that one of the other characters in Rocky thought she was retarded. It's not funny! Like, professionally retarded. It's not! Was it Joe Spinell the one saying, take her to the zoo rock? It very well might have been. Take, take her to, to the zoo, zoo rock. rock. Take her to the zoo. Fire a balloon. A regular old Daniel Day-Lewis. She retarded, she's shy, you know? Go get her face painted at the zoo, rock. Put on Monday Night Raw for her, rock. Give her a cookie shaped like an animal, rock. Oh, she's busted! Finger paint your mom's living room with her, rock. She's busted, right? Eat a Cheeto off the carpet with her, rock. <laughs> what? So our next character is Dr. Chris Christopherson. He is Maggie's husband. <laughs> He's a doctor, an EPA agent, a beard rocker, a bass master, a snappy dresser, and a bear warrior. Yeah, this is Robert Foxworth. This guy was in The Omen. He's in Loch Ness. He's in City of Angels, and he does a bunch of voice acting, including Ratchet from the Transformers movies. The Michael Bay ones, mind oh, you. Oh, never mind. Our next character is Mr. Isley. Isley? Mr. Isley? It's, 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 it's Isley. He's a paper mill patriarch, a fast-talking bureaucrat. He's a tour guide, an anthropologist, and kind of a racist. Oh, He's a total, total racist. Yeah, um, a little bit. This man! Yeah, this is Richard Dysert, who passed away back in 2015. I think uh, his biggest role was probably Dr. Copper in The Thing. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, uh, he was also the voice for Calistro in the Spawn series. Well, he's no John Leguizamo. Uh, he also did some voice work in the Batman, the animated series. Hey, he's in a bunch of other bullshit that no one really cares about. Well, yeah. moving on, we have Mr. Hawks. Tony? He's a pro skater. He's a native badass. He's an environmentalist, a violent alcoholic, and an ex-battler. That's right. This is everybody's favorite actor, producer, stuntman. I am talking about none other than Armand Asante. Yeah! That's right. This movie's got some pretty decent names in it. Armando oh, yeah. Sante is in Prophecy. Mm -hmm. We all know and love him uh, from uh, Judge Dredd, where he plays Sylvester Stallone's evil brother. Who he wants is nothing... the <laughs> Who wants nothing more than world domination? You betray the law! Take it to the zoo. So then there's Ramona, who is the young native activist with a heart of gold. And I'm actually not sure if she's like the sister of Mr. Hawks or like his girlfriend, his wife, his, I don't know, cousin, something. They're related in some way. They seem to have a bond. I, I couldn't figure out if they were lovers. Yeah, I, exactly. I, I, I don't know, but they definitely took care of each other. They're close. 
This is Victoria Racimo, who is uh, most well known for playing uh, the love interest to Ernest in Ernest Goes to Camp. Oh my god. That is a fact. Yep. Might be the best of the Ernest movies. I like Ernest Scared Stupid. I bet you do. Yeah. Ernest Scared Adrian Pelpo. Let her take a bite out of your cell phone, Rock. <laughs> Go back to episode 85 where we have an amazing Ernest bit. Probably our best episode. Definitely our best episode. So there's only one character left. It's an important one. It might be the most important character in this movie. You really couldn't make a prophecy film without it. Mm-mm. It's Christopher Walken. I'm just kidding. It's Man Bear Pig. Man Bear Pig is real. And he's in prophecy. He is large. He's mutated. He's bulging. He's horny. He is the legendary hybrid mutant beast. And the arch nemesis of Elvin Gore. Excelsior! He is uh, also known as the Katahdin. A mutant bear monster who is portrayed... By Kevin Peter Hall. This is the some bitch who's seven foot two that played Predator in the movie Predator. And played also Predator in Predator 2. In Predator 2. And also That's really, really it. He was um He was the Sasquatch. He was there, very the tall. Anderson's, uh, he was very, the, the very tall. Foot, the um seven foot two. The swamp ape. The Yeti. Without warning, the the big-headed alien. He was uh, hairy. Yeah. Without warning, had a flying vagina thing. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the space... I do love a good space... So that's all of our characters. How would you like to get right into the plot, my friend? I'd like to get right into the plot right now where we get ourselves a ragtag group of hombres running around a forest with a pack of dogs, and it turns out these dogs... They wrote suicide notes because they are jumping off of cliffs. We open in the coniferous forest of Maine where a team of Jurassic Park employees are hunting at night. And like you said, one of their dogs gets sick of the drudgery of life and jumps off a cliff. What a stupid dog. Yeah, they do not have the intelligence of man. Too bad. So our team decides to rappel down the cliff after said suicidal dog. One by one, they fall to the bottom, where some variety of wild beast is waiting to bore them all straight to hell. Every one of these guys got fucking bored, and they, they are, are dead, dead forever. forever. Go, Go fuck, fuck yourself. <laughs> and we fade out to a concert hall, where a symphony orchestra is performing, with our main girl, Maggie, sitting in first chair cello this is also one of the scenes where i would say is completely irrelevant to the goddamn plot we don't need it we don't need to make this movie fancy all nope. we want to see is a mutated bear uh-huh. fucking everybody up but instead we got a damn near two hour long movie filled with drama and a bunch of bullfuckery yeah they try to bring this cello thing out uh, just to flesh out her character, but it really only lasts to about a third through the movie and just gets dropped. But at this point, she's just discussing relationship drama with her stand partner. Turns yeah. out she's preggers and she is hesitant to abort. Yeah, there's a lot of abortion talk here. Mm, yeah, 
She's not so into it, but she's pretty sure her husband maybe is. What are you, my dad? Meanwhile, Dr. Christofferson, her husband, is making a house call in the ghetto to treat a baby who has chicken pox or a rat bite or something. It doesn't really matter. This child is feeling the strife of poverty. Another scene that is totally unnecessary, but I do like that the mother explains to the doctor that the landlord said it's just chicken pox. And her response was, I told him there ain't no chickens in this apartment. Nope, just a bunch of fucking rats. A lot of rats that's nibbling away at this young, young baby. (laughs) So right about now, Tobias Funke shows up as the baby is being loaded into the ambulance. And he discusses with Chris Christopherson the shitty living conditions and the plight of the poor and basically offers him a job with the EPA, saying local Indians are having a land dispute with a lumber company or something. I don't know. It turns out it's actually like a paper company. doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. But this is a problem only Mr. Christopherson himself can fix. Yeah, I was very confused uh, to actually what this guy does. Well, but you know what? I... doesn't really matter because you're never going to see him again. No, 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 because he's a never nude. He's about to paint himself blue and, uh, I don't know, go uh, off somewhere else to give himself oral sex. Is that, what, What's the joke? Uh, he's going to suck his own penis. Yeah, he's, he's go, like, uh... no, I could do it myself. And he starts sucking his own dick. Yeah, it's like, hey, you're, you're going you're gonna, to uh, suck yourself. There's got to be a better way to say that. So for the next two hours, he's just going to give himself a blowjob. Yeah, with like blue, uh, blue face paint or something. Yeah. Yeah. Autoerotic fellatio while wearing blue paint. Oh, no, no. I'm not in the group yet. No, I'm afraid I just blew myself. Somebody suck me. He's got, like, blue paint on him or something. Nobody's going to do it? I guess I'll just do it myself. But he's going to be fine. So the Christoffersons fly out to the wilderness of Maine, where a stupid child asks Maggie if she's going camping, in spite of the fact that she is carrying an entire fucking cello with her. Yeah, I like that uh, That there's no luggage, just a big fucking cello. Just a cello. You ever go camping with the cello? Yes, once. That's how I ended up in the wheelchair. Oh! Mr. Isley picks them up and shows them around town, gives them the rundown on the local tribes and legends, and he basically explains to them that Katahdin? Is that how you say it? Ket- ket- Man bear pig. Man bear pig. Rules these woods. That's right now. See a lot of local natives here. They feel that man bear pig's a real thing. That's you ask right. me. I say that the natives are the one causing all this fuckery about. And when we say man bear pig, what we actually mean is a man combined with a bear combined with a pig. And it's like 15 fucking feet tall. So, Chris Christopherson and wife, you should probably watch your asses. But have no fear, because I am here to save you. Yeah, but instead we're going to go to what might be the best log cabin I've ever seen in a movie. Oh, it's fantastic. They it's amazing. Fucking, they have to take a like a boat out to it. Uh, on the way there, they run into a blockade. And this might be actually one of the more entertaining shots of the film. Where yeah. uh, one of our soon-to-be heroes, Mr. Hawks, and his friend Ramona are blocking the road with a chain. 
Armand Asante is protecting the trees. He is yeah. basically the Lorax. And we get ourselves a good old-fashioned showdown here between Chainsaw and Axe. Uh, Mr. Hawks refuses to budge and let the cars through, so one of Mr. Isley's lackeys just kind of busts out the chainsaw and says, <laughs> someone's getting sliced. Sayonara, Robocop! Hawks has a brief X versus chainsaw fight with this henchman. He loses, but refuses to surrender because he is a total badass. Fortunately, Ramona saves his ass by unlocking the chain last minute. The cars go through, and Hawks lives for another day. For now. Yeah, it seems like whoever this henchman of Isley, I don't know what he's getting paid, but he was very willing to murder a man with a chainsaw for seemingly no reason. Oh, no, I think he wanted to do it for his own pleasure. Yeah, he was He's ready. like, I love Christopher Columbus. Which is to say, I do not enjoy indigenous peoples. Yes. So the Christoffersons take a boat out to their cabin on the lake. They make themselves quickly at home. And Maggie just kind of fakes playing the cello here. I think it was pretty obvious. Her fingers were not moving in time with the music that was playing. Really, what can you do? I don't expect this actress to be a fucking concert cellist. But... And I love that the doctor is like, I cannot stay in this cabin with this racket. So he fucks off to the lake to get himself a fish. So tired of it. Dr. Chris yeah. goes out fishing where he is menaced by a gigantic salmon. Boy, howdy. He celebrates this event by penetrating his wife by the fireplace. Oh, yeah! Yeah, but what a way to kill that sexy time by bringing up a bunch of baby talk. Ooh, she cock blocks him by mentioning pregnancy, but he figures, you know what, there's still room for one more in there, so let's go for it. Awesome! Yeah. Out of nowhere, the movie turns into Uncle Buck, and a gang of raccoons arrives and fucks the whole place up. It is slapstick mayhem. Chris gets fucking attacked. He flips over a couch. There's raccoons climbing the walls, jumping on everything for a full fucking 60 seconds until he murders them all with a shovel. Oh, God, it was terrible yeah was and these exciting. raccoons are just having themselves a good time uh -huh. king Trashmouth, al diablo and the whole gang literally some of your best friends from the woods uh these furry little critters they went right after yo adrian and decided to fuck her up also kind of an upsetting behind the scenes fact here i gotta throw it out there i don't like it no one really likes it but just for the sake of full disclosure they did have to cut a couple of seconds off of that initial shot when he opens the door and sees the raccoon laying there twitching because it turns out these motherfuckers actually did poison a raccoon for the sake of this film and they shot it for just way too long and uh, the censors got to him. Damn bureaucrats. I suppose that's why we have the uh, ESRB or whatever the fuck it is today. MPAA. Yeah, MPAA. EPA. Apparently, you can't poison raccoons anymore. No, well, you shouldn't. Unless you're like me, and you throw all your fentanyl into your trash can. What are you, my dad? You're gonna have some fucking loopy coons out there. <laughs> so the next morning, Dr. Christofferson reports the raccoon attack to his dispatcher, and is immediately confronted by Hawkeye, who says he's been slandered as a violent drunk for far too long. Yeah, it turns out he uh, takes time to talk about it. He's very well educated and knows a lot about the woods and what's going on in the woods. And apparently sure. there's a lot of bad shit going on in the woods, 
we got ourselves a bunch of fucking mutated little animals running yep. around. His people are getting sick. Yep. And uh, Ramona even talks about how she's a midwife and that babies are popping out all fucked up. Bunch of Jason Voorhees being born out here. Out of the butt. Butt babies. And Dr. Chris is like, okay, genius. Maybe people think you're a violent drunk because you're always fucking swinging axes around at people, which you did just 24 hours ago to me when I was in a car. Yeah. I'm going to assume it's not the first time you've ever done that, so maybe take your reputation in stride, young man. At this point, we get to a little cutscene of a family walking through the woods, and you know right away the only reason why this family is in the woods and they're showing this family that just have nothing to do with the plot either is because they're totally get fucking bored by man bear pig. And I like to point out that the son of this group has the radio playing uh, some, uh, I, I want to say disco music. That sounds about right. And the father asks him to turn that racket off. Now, there's nothing I hate more than a piece of shit with a fucking speaker in the middle of the woods when you're trying to hike. Oh, it's terrible. It's literally the worst. I like it. It's a statement. So Hawk and Ramona take the Christoffersons to their native village. And they explain that this man-bear pig that everyone's heard so much about is no legend. He's real. And he's spectacular. And we get introduced to Native American Grandpa. Yes. Who says assholes to our heroes here? He is and starts played to by an old Japanese gentleman. Asshole. And even he starts to explain about how everything in the woods is big. Hawks takes the moment to pull a giant tadpole out of the nearby pond, and the wise old chief basically says, Yeah, see that huge fucking thing? Everything around here is big. And he uh not so subtly motions towards his crotch. Yeah, and he asks everybody to step back about five to six feet. While winking and waving at all of the present females. A regular old Dom DeLuise. A real Ron Jeremy over here. Regular old Billy Bob Thornton type. A real Tom Sizemore. This guy's a regular old Tom Selleck, if you ask me. A little bit of a Willem Dafoe. A real Burt Ward. A real Warwick Davis. Regular old Bob Barker, huh? A big old Bob Maplethorpe. The guy's basically Bobby Bonilla. And yeah, maybe a little bit of a Bob Saget. Andre the Giant, if you ask me. More like an Andre Agassi, if you ask me. Basically Peter North. Peter Dinklage? Wilt Chamberlain. Well, he's a big old Lyndon B. Johnson. LBJ. Okay. okay. But we all know there's nobody bigger than good old-fashioned Randy Newman. Gives a whole new meaning to You've Got a Friend in Me. And Toy Story. Gross. So it turns out that in this little section of Maine, there is a paper mill upstream from this native village, which pollutes the water and makes everything smell like damp farts. And this is where Dr. Christopherson is kind of piecing everything together, going, wait a minute, something's yep. kind of fishy here. And he is getting angry. Ooh, he gets slowly so cross. 
he gets in an argument with Isley, who is the owner and operator of this paper mill, about the chemicals that are used to soak the logs. And they discover mercury contamination in the water. I love that Isley is just like, well, you go down there, test water. Ain't nothing wrong going in the water now. There ain't no use of chemicals now. Oh, he does not give a shit who he is poisoning, who he is mutating, as long as the paper flows freely. Yeah, it turns out mercury is bad for you. As a matter of fact, this movie is loosely based off of uh, an event that happened in 1952 in uh, in Japan where they were actually soaking logs in mercury, which killed over thousands of people, <laughs> caused a lot of genetic mutations, <laughs> and uh, just uh, overall was a pretty bad time. So it seems that 20 years of mercury poisoning has destroyed the brains and nerves of everyone in the area, including the animals and the fish. Yeah, boo fucking who. Yep. Bunch of liberal <laughs> bullshit, if you ask me. Oh! Maggie now realizes that her unborn fetus is doomed to what Chris Christopherson would call freakism. And he says this over and over louder and louder every time i uh yeah i made me feel a little uncomfortable actually yeah is that like an actual term people used at a certain point i in our history, I, I don't or? i don't know could you imagine just being like I, I, some somebody's a little different whatever and you're just like look at this freakism it's freakism freakism god yeah. damn it Something about it sounds antiquated and offensive. Yeah, all this mercury and pacifiers nowadays. Yeah, sick of this freakism. Go eat a bunch of cans of tuna, give birth to some freakism! So Chris naturally fears that Man Bear Pig is actually real and that he's actually out there somewhere stalking him at this very moment. Man Bear Pig, you're super awesome! And he's absolutely right! He's totally right. Because right about now, an entire family, as you mentioned earlier, is getting bored to oblivion in their sleeping bags. I cannot stress how goddamn fucking funny this scene is. I can't believe how they chose to portray the death of this child. So this poor kid is in a sleeping bag outside of a tent. It's one of those bags that kind of wraps around you to where, like, you're basically a human condom. Yeah, for some reason they have tents set up, but they're sleeping outside of them. I don't really understand what the. And Greg, you and I sleep outside too, like that man. So we can't judge. Yeah, but it's mostly because I'm too lazy to set up a tent. See, they already did it. It's mostly because I'm too drunk to set up a tent. Oh, you know what? That's right. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. No. No. Yeah. So these kids paid the price for my laziness. And they basically were smashed into rocks and turned into explosions of feathers. It looked like one of those bits from a cartoon where, like, a duck gets shot, like Daffy Duck gets shot and feathers explode everywhere. Yeah, and then just his bare ass is sitting there all fucking pink and plucked. <laughs> That's basically what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so this kid is wrapped up in a sleeping bag, jumps up, and he can't run. So he decides to hop like he's a fucking human pogo stick. Uh-huh. And he pays the price for his foolishness. Man Bear Pig bitch slapped him into eternity. Got crushed by a mutant. Yep. Oblivion. You're donezo. You're Go dead fuck yourself. forever. Yep. Fuck You're yourself. dead forever. Go fuck yourself. Excellent! So naturally, Mr. Hawks is blamed by the locals for these murders. 
because less than a day earlier, he did attack some other people with an axe. So, I mean, if you're going to point the blame somewhere, if you've got a usual suspect, it's probably the crazy guy swinging axes around and acting all drunk, right? Yeah, if you're going to finger somebody, definitely finger hawks. Or maybe just fingerprints. <laughs> but he escapes by cartoonishly jumping through a window, which is incredible. <laughs> Literally two scenes back to back that blew my fucking mind. <laughs> So Homeboy runs into the house, like you said, like a goddamn cartoon jumped out of this fucking window. They try to apprehend him, but all you hear is the smashing of glass as he escapes out the back window. It is amazing. It was like... You can't catch me, I'm the gingerbread man! He's gone. Who writes this shit? So, of course, the Christoffersons climb into their crime copter and investigate the murder site with Ramona. Where did this helicopter even come from? They just had it on standby. It's kind oh, of incredible. Okay, good. I think it's it's EPA funded, most likely. Sure. But Ramona senses the foul play of Man Bear Pig, and she is not afraid to express herself. Like Madonna said, express yourself, don't repress yourself. You kiss like my dad. They find two baby man bear pigs caught in a river net. So naturally, they stuff them in their coats so they can warm them up later. Literally the stupidest fucking thing you could do. It is ridiculous. Let's take these baby man bear pigs and like, it's almost like they were trying to hatch an egg with them. Well, this is where I get some notes of like Jurassic Park 3. Okay. Where it's like, you know, the main, the giant fucking 15-foot-tall man-bear pig probably wouldn't want anything to do with you if you didn't steal his babies. Right? Also, I love that they were like, we have to take these because it's evidence that there's mercury in the water and shit, and that they're using mercury. I think the best evidence would be, hey, look at the mud. There's mercury in it. Yeah, maybe get like a jar of the water. From like sure. You know what? Honestly, anything. As a matter of fact, they probably could have drowned these baby man bear pigs and just been like, hey, look at these man bear pig corpses. Isn't this disgusting? Yeah. yeah, by the way, it's from the mercury from the fucking hammer mill plant. Or maybe just like swab anything in the area, like anything moist in the area. Just get like a fucking uh, little test like, tube things uh, uh, like uh, cotton swabs and just get the get the shit on the shit, put it in the other shit and then bring it to a lab. Yeah, that, get that shit tested. You know, just any right? of that shit would, would result in you not being pursued by a giant mutant bear. For uh, uh, Adrian you know, Bur- uh, Balboa, she could have had an abortion at this point because clearly her baby's going to be a wait, mutant. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, and hold then- on, hold on. Did you say Adrian Barboa? <laughs> <laughs> <Interview> oh. <tits>. <laughs> 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 Very good. I just took a sip of thousand dollar whiskey. Of course, I'm gonna say mm, yes. Very good. Hold on. Take a sip of this uh, natty light that I'm drinking out of uh, the hat of a man that used to have alopecia. I'm glad, Greg. Ooh, that is choice. <laughs> so right about now, it turns out that their helicopter is grounded by a storm. So they decide they have to walk several miles. Back to Hawkwind's village, where they pump the baby man bear pigs full of adrenaline. 
which we all may recognize as a terrible idea. Yeah, I worked on Uba Thurman. It's not going to work on these man bear pig babies. So that night, Maggie freaks the fuck out about her soon-to-be mutant baby. I literally don't care about this shit. No, me neither. This is is the side plot that really doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. But Chris Christopherson uh, secretly celebrates their impending abortion because I get the impression that he's uh, a man who's married to his career. Yep. And if anything he wants to impregnate, it's going to be his job. And I think he's a little more devoted to the surrogate child that is this fucking mutant man-bear-pig baby that he rescued from a stream more so than his own child. I think he's uh, just not not a great father. Oh, what gave it away, Greg? Was it the scene where he was breastfeeding the fucking atrocity? I mean, I know those pigs are, are used to six nipples, but he uh, he did what he could. What, he I was mean, treat, treating this thing like a fucking fleshlight? Come on, there's milk in there. Get some more. Oh, like little fucking Belial from Basket Case sucking on your titties. All right, so slimy. You're a true Vulgarian, aren't you? So Isley shows up right about now with his own posse. The same clown posse? And right on cue, their party is crashed by Man Bear Pig. Oh, boy, was it ever. Because Man Bear Pig starts fucking everybody up with this shit. Yeah, and uh, somehow he starts the entire fucking place on fire. Well, because he's smart. Well, he's got the intelligence of both a man, a bear, and a pig, so... And I've heard pigs are very smart, Greg. They're smarter than dogs. Well, they're definitely sexier. I don't know, man. They're all pink on the inside. <laughs> all this pig talk reminds me of my ex-wife. <laughs> So Silverhawk saves everyone by showing off his network of underground tunnels, and they hide as Man Bear Pig chuffs noisily above. And by chuffs, I mean slowly murders their friends. He takes his time because Man Bear Pig's smart. Smart. He's like, if I slowly skin these people alive, they will come out to try to save them. Yeah, there's a little bit of a strategy there, and it actually kind of works because. One of their stupid, uh, I don't know, unnamed henchman friends does try to go up above and summarily gets slashed. Wasn't he the fucking sheriff, too? Who fucking knows? He was, just, he was some guy that doesn't matter. I, I, I gotta tell you, all the scenes where people die in this movie are just so goddamn comical. It's always funny, and we'll get to that because uh, as the film goes on, they get more and more comedic. Oh, very. It's like yeah. Benny Hill. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. Because so am I. Because the next morning when they emerge from the tunnel, they find everything destroyed and their pilot has been mauled into a coma. Yay! So they build a stretcher and head out. Isley goes off on his yeah. own to find a radio tower or some shit. Buttman Bear Pig is a clever girl and bores him apart like he was Muldoon from Jurassic Park. Hold on to your butts. After this, Armando Sante uh, goes uh, scowling about, and I don't know if you noticed this earlier because I didn't notice it until this scene, but this motherfucker has a bow and arrow. Oh, yeah. You want to know why? Why? Because he's a Native American. 
Oh, that's cool. They're not allowed to have guns. That's right. Yeah, it's uh, all, it's, it's all uh, sticks and strings with these guys. So Armando Sante, he finds one of the Jeeps, comes back to camp, yep. and explains to everybody that he found a Jeep. And everyone was like, where is it? He's like, oh, three miles that way. And it's like, yep. dude, why didn't you take it and drive it over there? Instead, he decides to go to tell everybody about this Jeep, saying, hey, let's go walk over there and get it. Beep, beep. Who got the keys to the Jeep? Just terrible. Room. You know that song? No. <laughs> so our heroes pile into the Jeep. They drive day and night to get back to civilization. But because they still have the baby man bear pig, we all know that this cannot end well. So man bear pig jumps out of nowhere and straight up bitch slapped this Jeep into oblivion. Oh. I'm talking all he did was backhand it and the Jeep fucking flipped. Like yep. a goddamn Tonka trunk. Trunk, trunk, trunk. He fucks this truck up and decapitates the crippled pilot, which when I saw that, I was just like, fuck. They just spent so much time carrying this man on a stretcher. It was like hours and days traversing the wilderness with this guy. It was like the fucking Revenant times a thousand. And not and then, just that. They took the time to make a stretcher from like scratch. Right. And just in uh, two seconds, Man Bear Pig shows up and just ends all of their efforts. He may have recovered from a broken body or whatever the fuck his previous problem was, but that head is now firmly disconnected from the neck. You're not coming back from that. Boy, howdy, don't you just hate Man Bear Pig when he takes head but never gives it? I'm so tired of all these Man Bear Pigs. I'm sick and tired of all these goddamn man bear pigs on this motherfucking plane. So right about now, as they're being chased away from the Jeep, they find a body of water, and the wise old chief confronts Katadin, man bear pig, man, man bear pig. on the shore of the lake. <laughs> yeah. This is another fucking scene. His husk is unceremoniously ragdolled back and forth for no less than 20 minutes while everyone else swims for the cabin. And I have to say, this character was so revered and so respected throughout the course of this film, the way he went out was no less than slapstick hilarity. It looked like they stuffed a bunch of clothes full of newspaper and had a bear puppet just waving around. (laughs) It was ridiculous, but it might be one of my favorite parts of the It looked like the wacky, wailing, arm-inflatable tube man. Yeah, with a fucking bear attached to it. (laughs) (laughs) So even better. And I love that they're swimming across this lake, and it's like if Man Bear Pig isn't going to kill you, the cancer will. Oh, my God. And you remember when I said... That that ragdolling fucking bullshit was the best shot of the film. Oh, I lied because this next (laughs) one is the best shot of the film. Here we get the absolute best moment where everyone has crossed the lake. They are exhausted. They are slumped on the dock in front of the cabin thinking they're safe. They look across this misty lake at night. There is nothing but fog, nothing but darkness. And in the moonlight, they see man bear pig. The puppet, the fucking ridiculous silhouette 
wiggling his way across <laughs> the misty water. Like a goddamn salamander. And I don't know if he's supposed to be walking on the bottom or if he's supposed to be swimming or what, but he is just fucking flopping and fucking oh. mushing his way towards them, and he's getting slowly <laughs> deeper and deeper until he eventually just goes under. It was like Godzilla fucking off into the water. So naturally, Chris Christopherson erupts with joy saying he drowned it, he drowned he must have drowned what else he, could have he happened totally here? drowned right guys look at, that, look at that stupid asshole he walked into the water put his face under and now he's dead because he's dumb but he's not dumb oh. he's smart he is man he is bear he is pig, pig! and he is capable of crossing a lake and breathing underwater because he's mutated so, of course, his head slowly rises yet again. So did mine. Terrifying our heroes. Because, of course, water cannot defeat the man-bear-pig. Man and it rises to triumphantly menace them yet again. So our heroes run inside the cabin where Dr. Shivalgo yells, barricade the doors barricade the windows so they're like throwing dressers and chairs and shit at the door and window and it's like motherfucker he just one-handed bitch slapped a jeep and it tumbled at least 68 times 69 dudes and if you wouldn't mind we're about to reach the climax of this particular film would you mind if i just kind of took it away i want nothing more well here we go our heroes barricade themselves inside the cabin, where they anxiously await the arrival of Man Bear Pig! They hear the muted sounds of huffing and chuffing outside, when suddenly the roof is torn off and Maine's favorite mutant arrives in all its glory! Christopherson and Hawk Hanna give him a warrior's welcome by riddling his torso with arrows and buckshot! Hawk gets rocked! But Chris Christopherson doesn't know the meaning of the word and repeatedly stabs the beast with an arrow until it's deader than Maggie's dreams of motherhood. She cries a single tear, knowing her fetus will be leaving this world in a prenatal plastic bag. Ramona retires to a quiet life and writes a series of books about her childhood with her sister Beezus. Everyone gets laid and it's me. And... <laughs> oh. The end. Oh, that was, a good one. that was great, Greg. Great job. Holy fuck! I very Robert. much like the ending of that movie where uh, Arma like you said, Armand Desante just gets completely fucking bored. Uh, but uh, Doctor Chris Christopherson goes full three hundred and. Does a fucking Jimmy Superfly snook a splash on top of Man Bear Pig with a bow and arrow. That was perfect. That was great. I have beaten Man Bear Pig. Uh, there you have it, guys. 1979's Prophecy. Uh, I know a lot of you probably haven't seen or even heard of this movie. It was definitely uh, used as a protest film. Uh, ecological horror, I believe, is the subgenre for this. Eco horror. Uh, eco horror. Eco horror. Tony Eco horror. Uh, uh, this is one of those films that the studio completely fucked up. 
Uh, the director said that, uh, I, yeah, John Frankenheimer, Jingleheimer Smith, uh, said during post-production, the studio demanded the film would be cut from an R rating down to PG. This severely damaged the film, damaged the film, destroying the scariness that uh, that they created. I uh, also I uh, like that I I I I I I that uh, Shire's involvement in the film actually kind of fucks Sylvester Stallone over during the filming of Rocky Two, where uh, she was supposed to have more of a prominent role, but because she was filming this, Stallone had to rewrite a lot of her scenes. They had to cut out the entire scene where she was finger painting and getting gummy bears stuck up her nose. Take it to the zoo. Overall, the movie's okay. It's <laughs> Hold a... her back a grade, right? Overall, the movie's okay. It, Don't it, leave it... her unsupervised, right? <laughs> Maybe it's... wait to take the training wheels off her bike, right? The movie's all right. It was released the same time that Ridley Scott's Alien was released, so obviously Alien totally won that round, well, uh, which gave us a franchise that we uh, still know and love, and we don't have any more Prophecy movies, which even at the end of this Prophecy movie, it kind of teased possibly a sequel, yeah. that there's more man-bear pigs out there. But have no fear, because I am here to save you. There's There's no tits. There's gore, but not enough. It is a PG rating, which I don't know how the fuck it got PG and not rated R with the amount of gore in it. Uh, I'm giving this three out of five scaries. Not a lot of rewatch value, but still overall a pretty decent flick. To answer your question, this is before they instituted the uh, PG-13 rating. Yeah, so yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. May have, uh, may have gotten a PG-13 if it was made a little bit later. Post fucking, what was it, Temple of Doom? Yeah, I think it was like 85 or something like that. I don't yeah. Know. Thank you, Al Gore. You're super awesome. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with everything that you said. The gore could have been more, but what was there, it was, it was subtle, but it was good. Acting was fine. I do appreciate that they gave a decent backstory to a lot of the characters. This actually felt a lot more like a real movie, not so much like a Not what movie. we're used to. Yeah, I mean, the second half of it definitely was you know, a little more schlocky, a little more campy. And I have to say... For whatever faults that it had, as shitty as most of it was, the scene of the man-bear pig mushing its way across the lake at the end, <laughs> just I laughed so fucking hard at that. If, if you're going to watch this, even if you don't want to see the whole thing, skip to maybe like four-fifths of the way through and just watch the very ending because it is fantastic. Yeah, if you listen to her review and you haven't seen the movie, start at the halfway point when Man Bear Pig actually shows up. The the bear costume is just hilarious. It's not... Oh, God. It's not so bad that it's distasteful. It's so bad that it's awesome. It's wet-looking. It's, it's Yeah. It looks sticky. Like, it looks right, but it, it looks like it smells. It doesn't move right. That's what it is. It does not move like an animal moves. It moves like a guy in a fucking suit. And I love everything about that. It's like a bobblehead. So the actor is seven foot two, but the suit is eight feet tall. Yeah. So, so there's like, there's a whole apparatus like balanced on top of the actor's head. And it just like wobbles back and forth. It wobbles around like one of those two person horse costumes, except the second person is like sitting on top of the other one's head and uh, not moving, just kind of like trying to balance. Yeah. <laughs> it looks great. I love everything it, it about is it. It's great. Yeah. It might be the most entertaining thing that we've watched in a while. This was the perfect way to kick off October, which is going to be possibly our best month of all months. Definitely our best month. So clearly, unequivocally, without question, I give this one a five out of five. 
<laughs> so with that said, my man, how about we give uh, the audience a little taste of what's coming next week? There's gonna be a killer bear in it! I'm thinking something maybe with um, maybe Leonardo DiCaprio. I'll tell you what. Maybe Instead a, of Leonardo DiCaprio. Maybe a cross-country trek through nah. the, uh, the Pacific Northwest. I'm thinking more along the lines of something with Anthony Hopkins. Oh. And Alec Baldwin? Uh, maybe something with John Candy. Hold on. Alec Baldwin's not going to shoot anybody, is he? Goddamn right. No, I think we're going to be safe, Greg. How about that Disney movie with that song that you love so much? Oh, The Simple Bear Necessities? Yeah. Are we sing mm-hmm. in the Singerverse? Bear Necessities. That's right, guys. Continue. I. Oh, fuck. Oh, man. This is really living. I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> so, with that said, why don't you motherfuckers just love each other? Care for one another. But most importantly, it's spooky! Damn, that's scary. Take it to the zoo. I hear retards like Man Bear Pig. Lick your finger and put it in her ear, Rock. I mean, yeah, I am, uh, uh, yeah. All right, man. Bear. 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 Hey, oh, hey. This is our best episode. Yeah. Yeah.